that song that if there was any word to be ashamed of, maybe that one word. And one of the reasons we have the holiday that we have and the day that we have, Memorial Day, Decoration Day, uh, is that we don't end up performing that shameful word that's in that song. It's, it's a word a lot of us are guilty of, including myself. It's a word that sometimes is very easy to fall into, uh, and God constantly warns us not to. And it's the word that we all should be careful of and be watchful for, for the sake of our children. One word in that song that said it a couple times was the word forget. Forget. We got to be careful that the next generation don't forget how we got here. It wasn't the preacher that gave you freedom of religion. It wasn't the newspaper, editor, or reporter who gave you freedom of speech. Wasn't the, wasn't the gun club that gave you freedom to bear arms. It was the soldier. I want to preach just a few moments today on the subject, lest we forget. Lest we forget. It's amazing how forgetful we are, isn't it? I would forget my head if it wasn't attached to my shoulder. I, 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 I can't help it. I, I try. I really do. Mike, I do everything. I ride on my hand. I tie things to my body. I just, you know, I try to remember things. I just, I just can't. If I forget your name, you're not the Lone Ranger. You ain't the first one, I promise you. Kind of like the man, kind of like the man who was bragging to his friend about the, the memory conference he had just got through with. He said, he said, man, I took this memory conference and this improved my memory greatly. He said, really? He said, he said what city was that in? He said, well, let me, hang on, uh, let me ask my wife. He turns around and, and then he comes back and asks his buddy, he said, what's that, that long, that long uh, flower that's red and it's got thorns? He said, you mean a rose? He said, yeah. Hey, Rose, where was that conference that we... I feel like that sometimes. I feel like, uh, uh, boy, my memory's terrible. I tell you what, we cannot allow ourselves to forget how we got here. I'm going to preach out of Joshua chapter number 4. If you'll turn with me to Joshua 4. Fellas, y'all get them pictures. Did that work? If you, if you don't mind, if you'll stand to your feet, uh, we'll, we'll stand in, in honor of God's word. Let me give you a, a save a little bit of time, save a little bit of time, uh, uh, in reading, Joshua is about to cross over into the promised land. They are at the banks of the Jordan River. Uh, the promised land is on the other side. Uh, they are here and God is going to supernaturally split the Jordan River. He's going to do the same thing with the Jordan River that he did with the Red Sea. And 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 he, he says, you take the priest and and the ark, and you walk out there in the middle, and when you step out in that water, I'm going to dry it up. Say amen. He's going to do something supernaturally for those folks that could not be done. Uh, they were going into a place that God had promised them. They were fixing to conquer Jericho. And he said, uh, and, and this is the message today. When you, get, when you get across, you send 12 men, one from every tribe, one man from a, a representative from each tribe of Israel. In other words, so you'd cover everybody. You get 12 men, and in the middle of that river, you get 12 stones. Say that with me. 12. And then you set a memorial. You set a memorial where you are, and they carried them eight miles to Gilgal where they camped. That was the center of operations when they got into the promised land. 
And twelve men took them twelve stones and, and set them up in Gilgal. Now, that's, that leads us to where we are. Verse number 8. Joshua 4, verse 8. When you get there, say amen. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the, 12, or the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan. Isn't it amazing? Joshua not only did that, but he put them back where they just come from. He took twelve stones and put in the middle of the place where God moved, he put stones there. Now, I always wondered why that was. It could be that Joshua knew one day he might have to do it again. Listen, and it was a reminder. It may not be seen, but it was a reminder. It was there where the priest stood that God had moved. Now watch this. Watch this. In verse number verse number 10, For the priest which bare the ark stood in the midst of Jordan, until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people. According to all that Moses commanded Joshua and the people, hasted and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over, and the ark of the Lord passed over, and the priest in the presence of the people... Now, uh, let's skip down to verse number 15. We know uh, the children of Manasseh, uh, the children of Reuben went over armed before them. Now, in verse number 15, And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony, that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the uh, priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. Now this is the message. This is the message. Pay close attention. Verse 20. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. He set those twelve stones as a memorial in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, when your children, when your children, aren't you glad God cares for the children? When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God, twice you see that, the Lord your God, tell your children, the Lord your God, he says, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Verse 24, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Dear Heavenly Father, please anoint your word. Bless your word today. Bless all those that are here. Lord, I know they probably could have been a hundred places here this morning, but they're here to hear your word, and please honor that. Father, I pray that you'll bless them, help them, encourage them, or let us learn from your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When your children, when your children shall ask in the time to come, what mean these stones? Listen, we have memorials. We have a few pictures if, if you've got them. If, did, you, did you put them in the same order, Brother Chris? That is the World War II memorial. It honors the 16 million who served in the armed forces of the U.S., more than 400,000 who died, and all who supported the war effort from home, symbolic of the defining event of the 20th century. This memorial is a monument to the spirit, sacrifice, and commitment of the American people. A beautiful monument, a beautiful stone stone monument it is a memorial something to remember listen so we could teach our children what happened and how we got here the second one the second one is the vietnam veterans war memorial uh this is in washington with the addition of four names added in 2008 the total is now 58,260 names listed on this memorial approximately 1200 of these are listed as mission mias pow's and others the memorial is dedicated to the 2.7 million men and women in the U.S. military who served in the designated war zone. The next one we have is the National Memorial Arch. It's dedicated to the officers and private soldiers of the Continental Army, December 19, 1977, 
June 19, 1978. This arch is located in the Valley Forest National Historic Park in Pennsylvania. What is that? A stone memorial. A stone memorial. Then we have the Korean War Veterans Memorial, commemorating the men and women who served in the Korean War. Listen, once again, we have a stone monument and a memorial. The next one is the Liberty Memorial in Kansas City, Missouri, opened in 1926. It was redesigned in 2000. This is America's National World War I Memorial and Museum in remembrance of those who served and died in the First War World War. World War. I'll get it right in just a second. Once again, a stone memorial. Then the, the last one, the National D-Day Memorial. The National D-Day Memorial in Bedford, Virginia, in remembrance of those who served and died in the Battle of Normandy. And if you could see the picture, it's, it's, it's depicting, depicting that beach invasion. Once again, a stone memorial. And there were many, many, many other memorials that we could have printed out and seen for sake of time. We did not. But the whole purpose that I want you to understand is we are doing this for a reason. They are set up for a reason. They are funded for a reason. Because those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. We need to always do everything we can to remind our children, tell our children, listen, we freedom is not free. I love my freedom. I love this country. I love being able to come to a Baptist church. And if I wanted to, I could go to a charismatic church. If I wanted to, I could go to a Catholic church. If I wanted to, I didn't even have to go to church. I love my freedom. I still believe. I know, listen, America's going to hell in a handbasket. I believe it's in trouble. I believe we are in a mess. This 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 election coming up. Listen, I, I we are in a mess, but it's still... Even with all of that, it is still the greatest country on the planet. We are still sending more missionaries out than any other country on the planet. It still has, even with the wickedness that's there, there are places and there are pockets of people who honor God and bless God and God's hand is still upon them. Thank God for the United States of America. Listen, let's remind our kids and tell them, listen, blood paid for your freedom. Men gave up everything. Some gave all and all gave some. Let's remind them of what it took so we could be free. Church, say amen. You say, What's, what does that have to do with the Bible? I'll show you what it has to do with the Bible. Listen, when God brought the nation of Israel, when God brought the nation of Israel out, He was constantly, constantly, constantly reminding them, constantly reminding them, telling them, listen, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget who brought you out. Don't forget where you were. Don't forget. Don't forget. You know why? Because he knew just like all of us, we always have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to forget. Now, at least these stones. There's three things I've seen in this story that I want to share with you, and then we'll, we'll pray. Number one, as they came out, as they came out, those men, those men, I believe they were pretty good-sized fellas. I believe, uh, listen, uh, the Bible says uh, they didn't pick up no pebble. Brother David said they had to carry him out on the shoulder, amen? They went and they got in the, in the middle of that river, in that dry ground, they took a boulder, uh, listen, a stone, and put it on their shoulder, 12 of them. They came back and went and carried them all the way to Gilgal, which was eight miles from the river, uh, at the staging point, the launching area for all the attacks, the, the headquarters there, uh, uh, listen, and, and, and set them up, put them in a certain fashion, put them in a certain form, and, he, and listen, then Joshua told them some things. Now, what is the purpose, what is the purpose of these stones? What is the purpose of these memorials? What is the purpose of having this here and, and, and God commanding them to do this? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Because there are facts to remember. There are facts to remember. Facts to, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, the future to remind. Let me get one before I get to two. Amen? How about it, Mikey? We'll just go in order. How about that? Amen? The future to remind. The first thing he said is when the children shall ask their fathers what mean these stones. It's kind of like this. Jordan, come here. Oh, that's terrifying, ain't it? Quickly, come on. Today, be nice. We're walking, we're walking down. We're having a big time. Now all of a sudden, 
she sees, she sees a stone monument. There's, there's 12 stones piled up here, and we're going. And then she says, Daddy, what's that mean? That's when you say that. Say it so they can hear. Daddy, what's that mean? Oh! <laughs> Let me tell you about that. Let me tell you about that. A long time ago, your, your great-granny and grandpa, they come out of Egypt. And they didn't have what you have today. They came to this spot right here. Listen, they came and, 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 and you know the Jordan River down there? Y'all go fishing? God dried it up. That's when you say Really? All right. Dried it up. I'm talking about, I'm talking about dried it up, and they walked over on dry ground. Wow, yeah. Go sit down. I don't think it went exactly like that. But God gave them something. God, God showed them something. And, and there were some things that I pulled out of this that, that really, man, it hit home. Two things I want you to see out of this on the future to remind. We have a, a grave responsibility. A grave responsibility, a serious responsibility that God has given us as parents. If you are a parent, stand to your feet. If you are a parent, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. If you are a parent, stand to your feet. As it thins out over here a little bit, don't it? All right. Do you know whose responsibility it is for your children to go to heaven? It's yours. It's not the youth pastor. It's not the Sunday school teacher. It's not the senior pastor. It's not the missionary. It's not the evangelist. It's yours. You may be seated. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Psalms 145 verse 4. One generation, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. In other words, the generation that's here will give it to the next generation. You know, we need to be given more than a national debt to our next generation. We need to be given more than bad spending habits to our next generation. We need to give more, listen, more than bad everything to our next generation. They need to know who Jesus is. Say amen. It says, one generation shall praise thy works to another. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now watch what he says. And, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Tell them, tell them. Tell them, it is your responsibility to tell them. It is your responsibility to remind them. Do everything you can. Make sure your children know who I am. You say, oh, that's, that's, it, it's not quite that. We're going to have them in church. Listen, if you keep reading, you'll find out that they did not listen to God. They did not follow His instructions. They did not follow His command. And the Bible says that there's a whole generation that raised up that did not know the Lord. With all the heritage, all the history, all that God had done because one generation did not pass it down to the next generation. One generation did not stand up and give the praises of God and tell about how great God is. Tell them about what God has done. They lost a whole generation. God said, when you go over into the promised land, you're going into blessings and cursings. Listen, you're going into life and death. Listen, you're going into a place that I have prepared for you. But whatever you do, make sure you don't forget. You don't forget. Listen, we have a grave responsibility. I told you before, I told you before, one of the scariest moments in my life was when I was holding Jordan and she was that big. We had just got home from the hospital. And I was holding and playing and having a big time. And God told me she's going to heaven or hell. 
Now, what am I going to do as a parent to make sure she goes to heaven? We have a grave responsibility. But thank God we have a given resource. God helps us with our problem. Amen? How many of you, with your preacher, when it comes to them monkeys, sometimes you feel helpless? At one point, they hang on your every word. And then another point, they will hang you for your word. I need a witness. One day, they dance on your toes. Then the next day, they trample on your heart. Sometimes you just feel like, you know what? God gave us some help. I, I uh, my wife is so wonderful. She's a good woman. I mean a good one. She knows me better than anybody on the planet besides Jesus. And she knows that, that sometimes I may forget something. Every now and then in life, Something may slip my mind. Uh, and she's constantly writing a note. Hey, dummy. Do, no, she don't. She don't do that. But don't forget the trash. Uh, uh, call me today. Matter of fact, the church called me. Did you remember such and such? Now, that's great. I need that. Because I can't remember nothing. But she's there and she helps me with this. You know, God's the same way. God is the same way. But we have to take advantage of His help. There is a, a, a given resource. God said, now set them stones up over there so that when time goes by and you walk by with your son, He can ask you that. That will give you some help so you can remind Him of who I am. Now you say, what do we have? We don't have stones, no, but you have baptism. Let me, let me put it to nowadays terms. When you're sitting out in the foyer, you're sitting out in the, in the congregation, and somebody's getting baptized, and your little child says, what's that mean? That is a memorial. Listen, when somebody gets saved, they say, what's that mean? Or when somebody, listen, the Lord's Supper, that is a, that is a memorial that God has given us. Say, let me tell you about Jesus who died and, listen, shed His blood for our sins. He comes to set you free. Somebody say amen. Man, you can take all kind of things and tell about God. There's so many. I remember my dad. I've told this a hundred times, but I'm going to tell it again because it fits right here. We was out fishing on the jetties one day in, 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 in Florida. Uh, 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 there's jetties, rock jetties that go out into the ocean, and, uh, and, and, and we'd go out there and go fishing and, and pelicans. How many of y'all ever seen a pelican? How many of y'all have never seen a pelican? God, help. We need to get a picture. Say amen. Listen, a pelican's got a big, old, a big old pouch underneath. It's got a bill about that long with a pouch underneath it. And, uh, and, and it flies and it, and, and it skydives. I mean, just like a zero, a Japanese bomber pilot. I'm done. I mean, hits the water, hits the water, catches fish. Better fisherman than any man ever was, ever was. And we were sitting out there, me and my little brother. We, we was probably irritating one another, and we were sitting there, and we was fishing. It was hotter than blue blazes, and we was out there, and we was watching them pelicans. Boy, yeah, they circle, and they see a fish, boom, they'd hit that water, throw their old neck back, and swallow that fish. You see the fish, you can see the fish in, there, in, that, in that goozle or whatever that thing is that they have there, and then they, they throw their head back like that, and then swallow the fish. We was sitting there, minding our own business, we was fishing. Dad said, you see them, praise God? I said, what? Do you see them praise God and thank Him for that fish? And, you know, I'm thinking, Dad's been out in the sun way too long. He said, no, really, watch them. See, watch their tail. Their tail go, every time. He said, they're thanking God for that fish. I said, come on. Me and my brother was out there watching for their little tail. 
We sat there, and sure enough, Spence, I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm standing here, every time that pelican skydived, boom, he'd hit the water, throw that fish in the back, and his old tail go. And I looked at my brother, and Joe looked at me and said, he done it. Now, is there any Bible for that? I doubt it. But you know what my dad did for me? He taught me about God and being thankful for what God has given us through a little pelican memorial. Preacher, what are you saying? Use things that God has given you. It could be everyday things. Everyday Dr. Brown, Dr. Brown, his, his, his little grandson come in when he was real little. Say, Paul, Paul, I need a quarter. I need a quarter. So what you need a quarter for? The bubble gum machine. I need a quarter. He said, I ain't got no quarter. He had a quarter. He's got a bunch of quarters. He said, well, let's pray that God will give you a quarter. Huh? Yeah, let's pray. Right there at the table. All right, bow your head and I'll bow mine. He said, well, I was bad. He stuck his hand in his pocket and put a quarter on the table. Oh, God. What's his son's name? The grandson, the oldest one? Austin. Oh, God, give Austin a quarter in Jesus' name. Amen. Austin, I'm sorry, there's a quarter on the table. You say, you say, oh, oh, you know what? Austin left there saying, thank God for my quarter. Now, you can say what you want, but there are many ways, many ways we can teach our children about God. We have a grave responsibility to teach them about God. I promise you this, the school system is not going to teach them about God. The government's not going to teach them about God. If they're ever going to hear it, they're going to hear it from you. Amazing to me. People that drop their kids off at church and then go home and live like hell itself and wonder why their kids turn out the way they are. It ain't what they're getting at church, it's what they're getting at home. If you take a little church home with you, things will be a lot different. Amen. We have a grave, grave responsibility, but thank God we have given resources that God has given us. We can we can share. We can share what, what God has done and how God did it. Use what God has given us to teach our children about God. Every time you see something great, remind them God did it. When you see something beautiful, God did it. When we went to the mountains, we went out and got on that, off that road, and, and you look out across, listen, you look out across all those mountains and see that, you'd be a moron not to tell your kid, look what God has done. It is so majestic and so mighty. Anything of that nature remind your children that was God. That was God. Listen, what is this memorial for? Number one, it's two. There is a... Come on, y'all. There's a memorial because there is a... Then number two, there's facts to remember. Facts to remember. What facts? Twice in one verse. Twice in one verse. He says, the Lord... Your God. In other words, and he was speaking this, he was speaking this, he was saying you are to, and he's, he's in reference to the, the father talking to the son or, the, or the, the parent talking to the child, and addressing that, he said when they say, what mean these stones? You say, the Lord, your God. Twice he said it in one verse. Tell them, the Lord, your God, who brought you out of bondage. The Lord, your God, split this, uh, listen, split it like a piece of bread. Split it, made it dry. We walked across on dry ground supernaturally, cut it in half so we could walk. The Lord, your God, done it. What fact do we need to remember? A, the person, the person of God. How acquainted, how acquainted are your children with God? Do they know of Him? Or do they know him? Say, well, let me say this. It's going to correspond with how well you know it. I, I've known some people. I've I've been in places, and uh, and 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 we walked, we went to a revival one time, and uh, preacher Brown was preaching, and we went in there. Sunday wasn't a seat in the house. I'm talking about it was it was 
bumper-to-bumper people. I mean, elbow, you couldn't even, no seats left, period. We sat there, and we was looking around, because we'd walked in, Preacher Brown was walking in behind us, and uh, and uh, it was going to be standing room only. Now, this is the way it happened. Travis Sharp was there. Me and Travis and a couple other guys was there, and we were standing there, and, and Preacher walked, just didn't say excuse me or nothing. I mean, just just got in between us, and, and the pastor seen him and came, and and uh, and uh, and uh, he said, I need some chairs for my people. Okay. Went to the fellowship hall and brought out chairs and put them about right here in front of everybody. Now, you say, well, oh, it shouldn't be that way. You'd be amazed at what happens when you personally know somebody. Now, you may know of them, but it's not going to be the same as when you know them. You can only talk about, but you can't introduce you need to be able hallelujah there's more to that than you heard I promise you that listen you need to be able to introduce your child to God not tell him about him not share some information about him not have some kind of acquaintance with him you need to be personally acquainted personally related have an intimate relation with God so that when it comes time you can say let me tell you who Jesus is hallelujah how well do you know him the person of God. Do you know why they lost a whole generation? Because so much time had passed by before any of that generation seen something that God had done. You need to pray in front of your kids that God would answer a prayer. And then when God answers that prayer, you need to share it with your child. You need to be able to do that. I remember right now. I remember right now. I can see the living room vision. I can see it right now. I can see my my sister sitting on that couch or laying on that couch and my dad sitting my brother down and me down and my mom down and him down because they couldn't break my sister's fever and my brother prayed first and I prayed and my mama prayed and then my daddy prayed and when they got through, her fever was broke. Do you know what that is? That's a memorial. I saw... God moved. I didn't hear about it. I, I, listen, I didn't get a memo about it. I didn't get a letter about it. I didn't, hey, I saw God move. We need to live in such a way, listen, a, a, a life of faith that our children cannot just hear something, they can see something. They need to see it. They need to see God answer prayer. They need to see God move in a miraculous way. They need to see God do something for you. He needs to be real for them. The problem with our generation is God is not relevant. God is not real to them because we are not making it real for them. It is our job as parents. It is our job as Christians. It is our job as born-again believers to make God real to them. Samuel worked in the temple. Worked in the temple. I mean, served. He was working for God and didn't even know Him. Oh, I got Bible. God called him. Listen, God called Samuel. He jumps up out of bed. He's a young man. Jumps up out of bed and runs to Samuel, or Eli. Eli says, son, I didn't call you. You go back to bed. God calls Samuel again. He jumps up and runs to Eli. He says, son, I didn't call you. Get back to bed. And that's the third time Eli said, uh-oh. He said, I believe it's God calling you. You need to say, here am I. My servant, just just go ahead and speak on. What do you need? And you know what? This is what the Bible says verbatim. He jumped up and went to Eli. This is what it says. Because he did not yet know. K-N-O-W. He did not yet know the Lord. I bet you he knew the B-I-B-L-E. That's a book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I bet he knew Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. I, I believe he knew Jesus loves little children. I believe he knew uh, let, let my little light shine. I believe he knew scriptures. I believe he knew the prayers. I believe he knew the, the cliches. I, I believe he could blend into any church in America. He could blend into any religious group and, and look just the part and have it all down and say all the words, but he did not know God until he met him. Now, are you acquainted good enough to introduce your child to him? God's given you some help. He says, 
set these stones up so one day your child will ask, how did we get this house, Dad? How, 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 how did we get, how did this, how did we end up? Let me tell you something. A lot of this is easy preaching, but it's hard living. I say it's hard, we make it hard. Brother Kenneth, sometimes we get so busy, we don't slow down enough. We're going so fast, our kids don't even get a chance to see the stone. It's kind of like, and I'm, I'm so bad at this, but I got it honest. My dad cursed me with this. When we go somewhere, point A, point B. I don't care about nothing in between. Matter of fact, I'm on a mission. I'm going to conquer this trip. They say it can be done in three hours. I'm going to do what they say can't be done. Bless God. Use the bathroom before you leave. Get your uh, cheese and crackers. And don't bother me. Let's go. Preacher, did you see that? on the? Did you see that? And Man, I didn't see nothing. I saw lines on the highway. Very blurred. Now, Brother Doyle, God help him. He's not here. Let's talk about it. They would just put gas in their car and just ride. There's something wrong with that. I said, where are you going? Oh, we're just going to ride on purpose? They'll drive a whole tank of gas out in one day. Just riding. He says, but we see everything. I lived here four years. Four years. Maybe close to five. And there was roads I never heard of. Dole was here four months and had them memorized. He said, boy, I saw, I saw some pretty country over there in so-and-so. I said, where? He said, you know, over there you get off and, and turn and... and no, I ain't never been there. He said, you live here that long, you ain't. It wasn't A or B. It was in between. Richard, what are you getting at? Now, it's sad, but a lot of us are like that. All, all we're doing is working and paying bills. And not slowing down long enough. Say, God did that. Remember when we asked God to, now trust me, I'm preaching at me as much as I'm preaching to anybody in this building. Because I can see where I failed that so many times. You know, it's very easy to get busy working for God that you're not working with God. God gives us help. Don't, don't miss the help God gives you. Take opportunities and take advantage of time. It's called teachable moments. Say that with me. You know what a teachable moment is? When your child asks a question. What did he say was going to happen? When they see that stone, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Ask a question. What mean these stones? You know what we're prone to do? I come in, I come in, uh, Thursday or Friday evening? Thursday or Friday evening? No. It was before that. Whatever the night was before my mother-in-law got here. Tammy liked to kill me. Got to do this, got to do that, got to have, just got to be clear. I was tired, walked in the door. I'd been cleaning some brushes out, and, 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 and I was wet, and, there, and I was just, I could just imagine hot shower I mean just a hot shower laying, sitting in that recliner getting something to eat and I was taking my shoes done took my shoes off and I was stepping out and Mackenzie come up to me daddy will you push me on the swing 
man, I was so tired. I thought about it with Jordan. I never did that. I'd, if I was tired, I'd just say, look, maybe later, maybe. And I hate that to this day. I wish to God we could change a lot of things. Amen, David? wish we could just go back and went out there with McKenzie. I did it. But you know what? She she's just steady asking questions. Whatever we do, we better not miss them moments. Because there'll, there'll be a time when they won't ask you questions no more. And the sad part about that time is then they won't answer your questions. Let's take advantage of those teachable moments. Listen. Facts to remember, the person of God, the provision of God. Tell them what God done. Then number three, last of all, the faith to reinforce. The last verse, I think it's verse 24. What's the last verse in that chapter? Is it 24? Put that, put that on the board for me, Brother Chris, if you don't mind, and then, and then we'll pray. He says, you remind them and you encourage them and you tell them. Read it with me. That. Help me now, everybody, there's more people in here than that. Here we go. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. You know what? If we can teach our children to fear God, they may get stupid on us. They will get stupid on us. But if we implant in them the fear of God, that will be with them when you can't. Is Mindy in here? Did Mindy Chef take Blake back to the airport? In the nursery. We can talk about her. That's my sister, by the way. You can, you can ask her. Growing up, we'd be away, we'd be someplace with friends or something, and, and they'd want to do some stupid things. Uh-uh. There was two things that concerned me. Number one, and, and it's not what you're thinking. It's not what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it was that, that 42-inch belt around my dad's waist. Now, that was a concern, sure enough. But I still did stupid things when it, I knew that was a consequence, so that wasn't the real concern. When I got on up in the teenage years, one thing, one thing that bothered me is what would they think of my dad if I'd done this? My dad's a pastor. He's a preacher. He's got a reputation. He's trying his best to win people. He's trying his best to do this and live. And now if I do this, what are they going to think about him? Honest to God, that's what was going through my mind. I cared about what I did that would affect him. But then the second thing, God's going to kill me if I do this. I had the fear of God in my heart. When I was a little bitty fella, this may not, you say, oh, that's just silly. Well, it might have been silly, but it was real to me. I'd lay in my bed. I'd get in bed. I'd be tired. I'll just pray right here. And I'd lay there. And boy, a few minutes, Brother Donnie, I'd bail out that bed. You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. And I'd pray on my knees. Because in my heart, as a little child, I had a fear of God. Oh, it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't be. Be careful on what you say. The Bible says we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Do you know what the Greek, the Greek definition to the word fear in that word is? Fear. Fear. A reverential fear. You know why our generations are going to hell in a handbasket? They're not afraid of God. I believe in the righteousness of God. I believe in righteous judgment. I believe whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, 
It says in the book of Proverbs that fear is the beginning of everything. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. Do you know why a person will want to get saved? It's because they fear the God who they have offended. We're living in a day where we're not teaching the fear of God. They're not afraid of you. They're not afraid of the, the sheriff. They're not afraid of the judge. They're not afraid of God. And it's amazing to me. When you teach a little bitty child to fear God first, then they're going to fear all the other authority in their life. Why won't my child mind? Teach him to fear God. I didn't do some of those things because I knew God was watching me. My mom would always tell, there's there's an eye watching you, and I'm telling you, as a little kid, I'd be looking for it. I couldn't find it, but I knew it was there because they told me. But I believed that. Oh, you're not telling your kid that. I didn't turn out that bad. I've grew up with a lot of them that did. I grew up with a lot of them that's not in church right now. Listen, oh, but they strayed away. But where they are now, it's not what happens in the middle. It's what happens at the end. You may start good and falter away, but thank God, if you're there in the end, say amen. Let's teach them to fear God. He's real. He's there. He's present. One of the things I grew up with my whole life, even before I was saved, even before I was saved, I knew there was a present God in my life. I knew He was there. I knew He was real. I knew that He was, listen, in control. And everything I did was surrounded by the fact it affected Him and He would affect me. Listen, let's teach them this. Two things I want you to write down under this. We reinforce faith by awareness of His power. Teach Him what God has done. And by the way, it, it, don't go into graphic detail, but sometimes we need to teach, teach our children how God dealt with us. I've told my kids a hundred times a story when I run into that fence. I was in Bible college, or I was fixing to get out of Bible college. Isn't that a hoot? Anointed, appointed, called to preach, and running from God. Amen. You don't have to be in a bar room to run from God. You can be on a ball field. But I guarantee you this, if God can get you on a ball field, He'll get you in the bar room. I woke up, I hit that fence, and I looked up, I hit the ground, and and about came to my senses, and I had blood all over me. I want them to know that. I want them to know that if you run from God, He will chase you down. If you belong to Him, if you belong to Him whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. And we need to tell Him about the power of God. He can control the wind. He can control the sea. He can control a fish to swallow you whole. Say amen. He can do all that. We need to teach Him about the power of God. Listen, we will reinforce faith through the awareness of His power. It says that they may know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty. It's right there in that verse. Then the next point. Through the awe of his person. The, the, put, the, put the verse back up, Brother Barnes. Watch this. Watch this here. That all the people may of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. That's, that's A. Then B is this. That ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Forever. See? God set up a reminder for us to teach our children to fear him. Solomon Solomon went on a quest. Solomon went on a quest to find happiness. Since he knew it all, literally. Not meaning being smart, he knew it all. God gave him a supernatural wisdom. He gave him a supernatural wisdom. If you're shutting up your books, don't shut up your mind. You've got to hear this part. A supernatural wisdom to know everything there was to know, humanly speaking, and even beyond human ability. He knew it all. He had it all. He saw it all. He bought it all. He experienced it all. 
God allowed one human being on this planet to have it all. You know why? To teach us that won't satisfy. Because in that search, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is his search to find happiness and satisfaction under the sun, which means here on earth without God. He went through a period of his time, a backslidden period in the life of Solomon where he tried to find happiness without God. He tried to find satisfaction without God. He tried to find it in wine, women, and song. He had it all. And you know what he ended up? He said, all is... Vanity means empty. He said, I was just as empty after my search as before I started. It didn't, it didn't give me satisfaction. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that during the sexual revolution... During the, the, the drug revolution of the 60s, I mean free sex, drugs, and rock and roll, everything free. Just do whatever you want to do. No inhibitions. Just, just free. Just, just live it up. One of the number one songs was, I can't get no satisfaction. Isn't that amazing? And it's true. What, is, what conclusion did Solomon come up with? The last two verses in the book of Ecclesiastes. Last two verses in the book of Ecclesiastes. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. In Alabama terms, let's say, well, this is what it boils down to. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, the whole search, the whole investigation, the whole experiment. This is what I come up with. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing. What was the first thing he said? Fear God. You want to be happy? Fear God. You want to be satisfied? Fear God. Because the fear of God is first and it leads to everything else. Listen. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Let's do everything we can. Not just to remind our children. To remind ourselves. What God has done. All God's people say it. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, I'm, 